Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 120. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Our past guests are constantly telling us that in order to be successful, we need to invest in our knowledge, and the best way to do that is with books. With audiobooks, it has never been easier to ingest this content. You can get your free 30-day trial today by going to www.audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. What are you waiting for? All right, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Ryan Turner. Ryan, are you feeling unstoppable today? Oh, un- un- unbelievable. I just can't, <laughs> I can't stand it. All right, well, neither can I. And uh, let me just give a quick introduction, and then I'll pass it over to you, Ryan. Maynard and University of Vermont graduate, Ryan Turner is the co-founder and CEO of Unsake, the parent company for restaurants Must and Turner's, Eleanor's, Local 3, and Common Quarter. He and his partners were recognized by the Georgia Restaurant Association as Restaurant Tours of the Year in 2011. And in 2014, Ryan was named Business Person of the Year, Metro Atlanta Chamber, and the Atlanta Business Chronicle. Additionally, Ryan serves as the board chairman of The Giving Kitchen, a 501c3 serving those in his restaurant community facing hardship and crisis. Ryan, this is just a big picture of who you are and what you are all about. Let me pass it over to you now and ask, you know, how did you get into this industry and uh, what you what are you up to now? So, who am I? I'm just a dude, uh, 43 years old, uh, happily married. Got two wonderful young kids. Um, got two wonderful, actually three business partners. Um, owned a few restaurants, or actually really four concepts in Atlanta. Uh, just recently started a, a 501c3 to help serve our, our restaurant peers who are facing uh, unanticipated hardship and crisis uh, in Atlanta. And... Um, and that organization, the Giving Kitchen, is about to uh, open its own restaurant, which the Giving Kitchen owns, called Staple House. Awesome. Um, and that's going to be opening in uh, downtown Atlanta late summer. And um, and thinking about what's next. So that's that's where I am. Ryan, I really have to say I admire what you've got going on with the Giving Kitchen. I think you know you really do understand that it's all about your community and those people in your restaurant. I mean, you're only as good as those people, and it's clear that you understand that. I mean, you're just living proof of that, and we can all learn from what you're doing with the Giving Kitchen. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. We're we're just getting going, and, and we're it's in its infancy. It's uh, um, you know intellectually, I've understood the concept of uh, the power of an idea whose time has come. Um, but I've really experienced it um, with with what's happened with the Giving Kitchen. The mm-hmm. amount of people who have stepped up, the community stepped up. Um, it's gotten a lot of wonderful recognition, and, and really because it's it's applicable everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and restaurants are so so much in the public eye, and people are so romanticized by our industry. Um, it's a very easy connection point to them, and, and and everyone also understands that people in our industry don't don't get in it to, to make a ton mm. of money. And a lot of folks are a paycheck or even a shift away 
from um, you know going into a negative financial spiral, and so um, it's connecting uh, in a very visceral way, and it's exciting to see. I love it, Ryan. Uh, and I have to ask you what your uh, restaurant group name, Unsuke, is all about. Uh, it just reminds me of Ned Elliott. He was a recent guest, and he said you have to market yourself and your restaurant as one. And I feel like uh, your personality, your restaurant group's personality, really comes out with that name. Well, it was it was not really intended to to be our our lead in the in the marketplace. It was the the word itself. The the technical definition I I give the folks is that it is a genuinely fabricated word that appears Anglo-Japanese but sounds sounds French for doesn't suck. Um, and uh, it was a word that one of our, our first chef de cuisine at Butts and Turner's uh, when we opened in 2005, he he was using it. Um, and I like a lot of American chefs, they like to, you know, endearingly mock the French. Uh, and so he would he would use that word to, you know, comment on something. I thought it was hilarious, and that's what I wanted to call Butts and Turner's originally. Um, luckily, I got talked out of the, talked out of that. And once we opened Local Three and had to create a parent company, um, that's that was my opportunity and uh, to push it forward. And we've never really thought about marketing our restaurant group uh, per se. As, as on the front end, it's been more about our, our restaurants um, having their own individual personalities first and foremost. And if people know we're behind it, and hopefully that has wonder, you know wonderful meaning to it, then great. What's happened is that the unsuke is such a unique word. People don't know how to pronounce it, and they ask about it. And once they hear the, the definition, then it's something that they remember, um, even though it has really no bearing on and or no way of you can't tell if it's a restaurant group or what it is. So it's been interesting. <laughs> well, it definitely uh, gives us a taste of your restaurant group's character and that humor there. And I think so many times people get in, into this industry trying to create a concept to be something. But really, and I think you're living proof of this, to be successful, you just need to be yourself. And uh, I think that's just a great example of how being yourself and having that humor and just, you know, enjoying what you do is a, a, you know, will help get you, uh, you know, further down that road. So we got to move into no Yeah, we're going to move into the interview now. And uh, we're going to do that by having you share uh, a success quote or mantra, something that you live by to get that motivational, inspirational ball going for us. What do you have? Gosh, um, I've got a few things off the top of my head. Time, time will either expose you or promote you. There's no way around it. Um, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing inherently good or long-lasting comes quick or easy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot of quotes. There's a lot of mantras that, um, that I uh, adhere to every day. It's like it's, it's, I look at it like a, you know, if you can look at it from um, a rudder on a boat or even a sail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps you keeps you going in the right direction. Those are some awesome quotes, Ryan, and it, you know they hold so much weight with me uh, because I think you know it's so important that we have this passion. Because you're right, it's not easy. Things, you know, they they don't happen overnight, and you really have to stick with it. So uh, thank you for sharing those. And now I want to ask you. Did you have, like, an aha moment? Was there a point in your career where, when you knew the hospitality industry was going to be more than just a job and it would actually become your career? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I love food and I love restaurants growing up. It wasn't – but I wasn't on that course. It was, you know, probably about – was four years after I graduated from school from University of Vermont, and I was in Atlanta, and I was actually really, you know, kind of at the, the, the most bottom point of my life. Um and um, very determined to, to do my own deal um, and and be a business owner and entrepreneur. 
but not really sure what it was going to be around. Um, I knew that I loved people and I loved the idea of, of, um, you know, personal and professional development. I love food. I love drink. Um, and I finally just put my arms around the idea of, of I'm good at, at those things and restaurants um, are a great vehicle. Can, um, can you and, think of a time? Very can you think of a time yeah. where you just knew that that happened? Like, like, is there a moment, like an experience you had that kind of just like was the tipping point for you? I can't really think of a, a specific moment. I know of a time period. It was, you know, I think about it. It was when, you know, 2002, when I was working at um, you know, East Lake Golf Club, I was a food and beverage manager there. Okay. And I just, I remember having a, a, a moment of like this, I'm going to do my own thing. And, and my ambition finally got traction. And uh, <laughs> it was not, you know, it was not far after that, um, you know, Muss, Muss and I, Todd Mussman, my, my original founding partner, um, we started getting together with our wives and, and it was just, you know, soon, soon thereafter that we were like, let's do this and let's go. And this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my career. What would you so say was, whole, like, what was driving that ambition? Like what was making you say, I'm going to go do my own thing? Um, you know, I was, the further I get from this moment in life, the, the more it becomes evident that this was it is I had a very good friend of mine. Uh, drown in front of me right after we graduated from uh, school in the summer of, of 1994. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in my life that the <clears throat> concept of, of life is precious went into mm-hmm. um, reality. You know, the, the idea of life is short. What are you going to do with it? And there's, it just opened, it just blew open my, my perspective, my, uh, a lot of the, I think the, the, a lot of us are, are in school taught to be, you know, good little conformists and we're going to go get a job and, we're going to, you know, have a nice little resume and have a corner office one day and a nice car and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and I kind of just, it just took me off in a whole different direction and kind of um, primed the uh, the field or, or really cultivated, it. I should say, you know, created a fertile soil for me to start taking in different perspectives. Mm. Um, and I was introduced um not not long after that it happened to um a book called think and grow rich by napoleon hill and um and i would recommend the book to anyone as a matter of fact i do all the time i mean people Mm -hmm. ask me what's the one book and that blew just blew open um the world as far as i knew it and i started to understand that i had um more control over what was going to happen to me down the road um, than I was ever taught or exposed to. And so this idea of, of having a, um, the ability to uh, reverse engineer to the future that I wanted um, and, and the applicability and actually, if you, you know, start studying successful people, it, it happens all the time, um, that really started to drive me um, and, uh, in this direction of not working for someone else but to be in a place of creating and, and um creating opportunity not only for myself, but for others. Wow, Brian, thank you so much for uh, sharing that intimate moment. It was just so powerful to hear that, you know, I, I had to ask because you have so much drive and I want to know what was driving you. And uh, I think you have a great outlook on life. And thank you for mentioning that book, Napoleon Hill's uh, Think and Grow Rich. It is an incredible book. If you are looking to obtain that focus, such a great book. And he also has a, a book that came out after that called um, Outwitting the Devil. Both of these books are, 
really what they're doing are looking at the habits of successful people and the habits of unsuccessful people and where we learn from these habits in uh, Napoleon Hill. It's a, uh, that book's not mentioned enough on the show. So thank you for mentioning that. And now Ryan Turner, I want to find out what your it factors are. What in your opinion separates you from other people and makes you so successful? Um, gratitude, focus, productivity, connection. Awesome. And what do you mean by that last time, that last uh, it factor connection? A couple things. One, the ability to connect the dots, not only for myself, but for others. Uh, and then two is the ability to connect with people and all people and the desire to be able to connect with all people, mm-hmm. no matter where they're coming from or where they're going. And, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that opportunities in life <clears throat> are not a button on a wall. They're, they come from people. Understanding the importance of connecting and and the importance of what I'll call social capital, when it's not my word, but it's a reference, social capital, and understanding if you, you know, there's many ways to define wealth, but number one way to define it is relationships. And, and so that's another reason why, you know, if you take someone in the restaurant business that may not make a ton of money, but they are, you know, myself and my partners, I can speak for them, we consider ourselves some of the most fortunate people in the world mm-hmm. uh, because of the amount of relationships and connections we have. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. And I guess like if I could like summarize it in like two words, I would say social intelligence. And it sounds like you definitely have that. And I love what you're saying about your, your, uh, like how people are, can be a net worth. And I love the the saying your, your network is your net worth. And, uh, now I want to have you share with us a story, Ryan, uh, where one of these it factors really helped you get to that next level. You know, bring us to the moment of how these it factors really came out. Yeah. Well, let me just real quick on that because I think it's important for whoever's listening to this. Um, the whole idea of relationship capital is everyone's taught, you know, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know, mm-hmm. and there's some there's some legitimacy to that, but I I think it's what what's missing is it's not who you know, it's how they feel about you that matters most, mm-hmm. and so you can't just be someone that collects names and business cards and become a name dropper. Mm. Um, you've got to you've got to earn a level of respect, loyalty, and trust with those relationships. And when you need it, when it's time that you're, when you're in a time of need, that's when the relationship capital becomes evident. You can't measure it. You just you, you don't really know how much you have until you get to push your chips forward. But I just want to emphasize that for, for a lot of folks because they hear it's, well, it's about, about who you know, and it's not just that. Um, so yeah. the, it, the it factor as far as um, – uh, an example of how it's helped. I'm going to pick gratitude because I just think gratitude is one of the most wonderful things in the world that if you invest it, it just comes back to you in, mm. in so many ways. And I also think gratitude is the oh shit handle of life. <laughs> and no matter, you know, no matter where you are and how, you know, you know, whatever kind of pity party you're having and woe is me and this is a bad day. So there's always something um, to find gratitude around to, to pull you out of it. And, um, you know, Muslim Turner started in 2005. You know, we, as the as the Great Recession came into our lives, one thing that was became evident as we went from 08 to 09. You know, sales were actually going up in nine to ten. You know, sales were going up double digits, and we were really learning how to to run a business, and we were seeing our business flourish, while obviously a lot of our our peers and competitors. Um, we're having a lot of trouble, and 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 there was things that were going on. It was interesting because we never subscribed to um, couponing or Groupon or anything like that. We just really committed to to doing our best and delivering 
great food and great drink and, and really a high, you know, great service, but really a warm, high level of hospitality. Mm-hmm. We had from the beginning been exercising a high level of gratitude and not, not just with our guests, with our staff and with our vendors. And as times are tough and as people were not spending as much money um, or they're not gambling on restaurants they didn't know, we were seeing people coming back time and time again mm-hmm. as a lot of other folks were, you know, sending out letters saying, thank you for your business, here's a free bottle of wine or whatever. And I remember, I remember vividly, you know, customers, you know, saying to me they were offended by that because they're, you know, now the times are tough, everyone was demonstrating a, a level of gratitude um, that was completely disingenuous and did the opposite of what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. where we had just been planting those seeds from the beginning and, and being able to look people in the eyes or, or send them a note or, or whatever, just expressing in our way that we really appreciated that mm-hmm. people were willing to come and come back. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you that example. That's awesome. And, you know, I think what's really important to take away from that is authenticity. I mean, it's one thing to try to be grateful and to, to do all these things that you see other people doing who are successful. But if you don't do it authentically and if there isn't a true genuine uh, <laughs> genuineness there to show that you aren't just doing this because you are going through the motions but you want to do the right thing and you care about your people then it, it that's invaluable and that's what i hear that you guys do and what makes you so powerful and successful with you know your restaurants yeah no, i appreciate it it's a mind it's it's just a mindset and it starts with everything you know it starts with you and yourself and what are you thinking about when you wake up in the morning? And if you can find a way to make it a ritual to start thinking about what you're grateful for, um, then it becomes very easy to find those things and find those people and think back, you know, the day before and who came into the restaurant and who did you really connect with and or who is a staff member that you saw do something special or whatever and and take, um, you know, get out of your own way for a second and and take a few minutes to to send somebody a note or a text mm. um, that they're they're not expecting and just you just kind of put some good in the world before you even get going. Awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a good daily ritual. Wow, yeah, Ryan, that does sound like such a great daily ritual, and I think that I am going to have to start being better about that. Uh, I know we're all learning so much right now, so uh, we got to move on to the next question, Ryan, and I really just want you to share with us a time where you failed forward, and you just fell on your ass hard, but tell us what you learned from this failure and how you got past it. There's so many so many failures really on a daily basis that you, that you can learn from and, and you know I like to talk about failing forward actually you know what I'm gonna go recent all right so we just opened uh, our most recent restaurant was uh, it, we just opened called common quarter uh, it was opened with my two other partners and that's okay Todd and Kristen and we opened it with a fourth partner uh, Chris Talley and uh, Chris was our, G- our GM and operating partner at Muscle Charters for quite a while, and he was my kind of my number one guy, and I brought him in, and and the goal was to help him realize his dream of of opening um, uh, his own restaurant. And we had a lot going on when we were about to launch in 2013. You know, uh, our our good buddy and chef Ryan Heidinger was just diagnosed with stage four gallbladder cancer, and you know that's he ended up being that was the genesis of the Giving Kitchen. Um, and so that's going on. Meanwhile, we have the train on the tracks for opening Common Quarter. And I made the, you know, the commitment. I was, I felt committed to A, helping the guy realize his dream and B, helping another guy live and was trying to basically bite off more than I could chew. And what happened is I ended up going toward, you know, 
really going towards the more focus on helping Ryan Hardinger and didn't really pay as much of attention uh, to Chris Talley and what was going on there and, and assisting him in the process of, of birthing a restaurant, mm-hmm. which takes an, an immense amount of focus. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, so we opened and, um, you know, my partner's in the same vein of, of focusing on other things and somewhat focused on that. And we opened up with a high level of uh, understanding that people were going to come and kick the tires. Fortunately, we have a, a, a good reputation and that, you know, there was a demand for the new restaurant in the area we were opening. And we knew they were going to have to execute and we we're going to have to execute on a high level. No matter how much we knew that we needed to do that, there was so much complexity in, in our lives and we were not ready. And we touched hot, really, and we stumbled out of the gate. And uh, we've been able to, you know, really get get back on track since then. But and so the big lesson I'd heard this, uh, I heard this after the fact. Uh, great quote of most businesses will die from indigestion before starvation. Wow. And uh, it became very evident to me, and a lot of you know folks they get into this, you know, an opportunity or a door opens and they want to grow and they want to create opportunity for others because they're, you know, they want to see them succeed. And you get caught up in that and you're not ready if you're not really clear on the on the foundation that you're standing on and, and having a, a high level of, you know, security and sustainability and systems and processes and just really having the capacity to take it on, um, you can really you can kill yourself. I mean, you can just, you can kill the whole thing. And so major, major lesson for us, for me, and really simplifying um, and focusing on one thing at a time and giving it everything you have, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. So would you say your, your failure, if I could summarize, was stretching yourself too thin and maybe just yep. having too many important things going on at once and uh, the bottom fell out? Yeah, my failure was believing that I had the capability to to manage everything that I did at the time. What was like the biggest takeaway? What are you going to do different now that you know this and you can prevent this from happening? Oh, we, we are. We're, we have been doing it, and so for one is is hiring. Um, so, you know, people hear this all the time. But surrounding ourselves with people who are smarter and more experienced. And uh, brought on a president to our company who has tremendous experience, 21 years of experience, growing from five, you know, to 28 units of a a very successful restaurant group down here that understands, you know, we're at 10 years. And and for one, 99% of all businesses, not restaurants, all businesses fail within 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so we're in. We're in a, a small percentage in itself, but we're in this place called. There's even there's a book about this called No. It's called No Man's Land. And so we have all these little, um, this un- unbelievably uh, complex bundle of inefficiencies that somehow seems to work. Um, <laughs> that is just grown organically, but you you know to go to the next level and to maintain it, there's a there's a need for simplifying and unwinding a lot of it, and so it's hard for the founders. And here's the, you know, the founder's paradox is, you know, the person who started it is not necessarily the right person to take it to the, to the next level. And so having someone else be able to come in who can easily identify and, and look at the low-hanging fruit and, and really help us preserve what we've built, make it better, um, make it stronger, and then position us to, um, to grow um, and actually grow with more ease than we did to begin with. 
Mm. Wow. I mean, you were just packing in this interview with such incredible advice. And I feel like uh, that story of, you know, stretching yourself too thin or what happens so often is people just get all this stuff going on. You get chaos. But what you said, you know, your advice to simplify. And you also mentioned systems and processes, procedures earlier in the story, too. I feel it's so important. And the, the big thing that you mentioned real quickly that I found a lot of value in is surrounding yourself with people who are better at certain things than you are. And I think that's a certain characteristic that um, not everybody is willing to do because they, if they have that alpha uh, mentality that they have to be the leader or the, the boss. But if you can break that down and surround yourself with people who are skilled and give them that, you know, and, and enable them to, to do what they do and to put those systems or processes in, I mean, I don't want to take the floor too long, but uh, that's just what I heard. And there's so much value in what you said. That's huge. I mean, so I, about a year, almost, you know, it was a little less than a year ago. I went to my partner's. And I said, guys, you're probably not going to like what I have to say, but I think you might come to grips with it at some point. Um, but there is, I said, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that we are in the way of our own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the three of us and, and us trying to, to do the right things and each of us doing what we think is the right thing that's tied to our core competencies and our skill set and our passion um, and just kind of bumbling around trying to be an asset, you know, ends up which, you know, more of a liability. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, getting getting out of your own way, a lot of people have trouble with that. A lot of people have trouble looking in the mirror when things aren't going right and understanding that most times it is a them issue, not everyone else or everything else. And having the uh, wherewithal to really surround yourself with a great group of people who hopefully are smarter than you. Mm. Um, and, and, and then that's awesome to experience when that happens. And a lot of people will, unfortunately, you know, they, they, they can't let their pride suffer in, in a sense. And, uh, and it's, it's a damn shame because you see people who build great businesses, they're small businesses, but they can't go to the next level because they can't, they're white knuckling the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And something's going to give. I mean, their health, their marriage, their relationship with their kids. Us as restaurateurs, we own the damn candy shop. So half of us can grab a bottle of bourbon any moment of the day. I mean, there's all these vices and outlets that, can get the best of you and mm. so it's it's it sucks to see um when it does get the best of someone and so we've spent a lot of time i've spent a lot of time studying i almost spend more time trying to study those who aren't making it work or at least seemingly they may look may look like they're being successful as a business but but as a human they're just they're not getting it um mm. and and how is how do they get there and why and, and just trying to not allow that to happen for ourselves Man, Ryan, every once in a while I get a guest on this show, and I know the show is going to go over, and I feel like that's going to happen today, but I'm totally okay with it because I'm just resonating with everything you're sharing with us, and there's so much value, and we can learn so much from all this advice you're dropping on us. Um, I, I feel like I could go even longer on this topic, but we do have to move on to the next half okay. of the podcast. Yeah, and you're, right. you're going to drop some bombs of knowledge on us, Ryan, and I cannot wait. So are you ready to drop these bombs? I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. The first question I have in the Knowledge Bomb segment is, what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? So if this is for a startup, you need to understand that sophisticated investors do not invest in restaurants, especially startup mom and pops. Mm-hmm. But there are people who have money who are willing and interested in helping out others. They're willing and interested to help out entrepreneurs. They're interested in saying 
that they are part of a restaurant group or saying that they're an owner in a restaurant group, finding those people, um, but making sure that they're, they're coming from, you know, from a pure perspective. It, it may be a little bit ego-driven, but they really are truly trying to help you not come in and, and play bartender uh, every night. The, I tell folks all the time that ask me this question, they're not, you can have the best concept in the world and you can have the best location in the world, but someone who's going to invest in your restaurant is going to invest in you. Mm. And so the more you understand that and the more you can just to demonstrate to this person that everyone gets caught up in their business plan and their, their demographics and the pro forma, you know, who doesn't have a good-looking pro forma? You're an idiot if you can't put a pro it's a, It's an educated guess. But what the investor wants to know is who are you and why am I going to bet on you? Mm. What is it about you that's going to make sure they're, they're betting on the jockey? A good jockey will drag the damn horse across the finish line no matter what. It may take them a while, um, and that's really what they're, I, to me, the investor, the person you want to get money from is, is betting on you. Yes, you got to have a good concept, and yes, you got to have a great menu, and yes, you need to have a great location. Those are all givens. From my experience, someone is going to put, put a check into you more so than into your business. Bankers are, you know, they're more, you know, SBA loans, I think, are starting to flow again. We originally, when we first opened, we got SBA loans and some um, and some private debt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you got to have the business plan, and, and you got to do all that, and you got to demonstrate you have some business acumen. But, again, they're going to be betting on you. And if a good banker is not just looking at your resume, again, anyone can come up with a good resume. If you don't have a good-looking resume, that's the best you're ever going to look. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's what's going on behind it and um, who you are and why, why is it that you're going to win. So I'd be focusing on your why. I would be focusing on the soft skills um, that are required for someone to succeed in business. And so you may be the best chef in the world, but do you understand the difference between being a chef and running a business? Do you understand the difference between being a manager and being a leader? Mm-hmm. Do you understand the importance of managing yourself? If you can't manage yourself, you can't possibly manage others. That kind of stuff. And being able to demonstrate that you are not only a student of restaurants, but you are a student of personal and professional growth, and that you're willing to study what is necessary and study those who succeed so that you can apply that in your own little laboratory. Because when you open the doors, there's no way that your plan is going to go as planned. And so you need to be prepared. And so what's going to happen when the adversity hits? That is when the rubber hits the road. Wow. (laughs) You just blew this place up, Ryan. Oh, my God. Uh, There's so much value in that. And if if you answer all these questions like you just answered that question with that energy and that enthusiasm, (laughs) man, I'm excited for the rest of this interview. And I just want to point (laughs) out how you just went full circle. And earlier in the interview, you talked about it's not necessarily the size of your network, but the impact of your network, like how well you know these people. And that's why it's so important that you know these people you know people, but you, you, you know them well, and you have that impactful relationship with them because when the time does come, like you say, that when you are looking for the money, people are investing in you. And if you have those solid relationships and they trust you and they know who you are and they know your purposes and they, they believe in you, um, it's going to be a much easier sell on your hat, like on your, on your part. Uh, so all such, you know, great advice. And I mean, I, Wow, great stuff. So the next question I have for you, Ryan, is what advice do you have for hiring good people? Like, what questions are you asking? What are you looking for? Well, I mean, I'd I first start with the, this concept of building a campfire that people are willing to 
that they want to come to. And so the best practice you can have is to create a culture um, in which those within the industry are talking about you positively and you become a place that people want to work in. Um, and so once you have someone who says that they're interested, then it's to us is a couple of things. One, we very much focus on, we certainly focus on um, experience and resume, um, but we also focus more on um, the things that you can't teach. Mm. So, for example, nice, mm -hmm. um, good attitude. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that won't, won't come out um, in the wash until you let the water run, like work ethic and things like that. Um, but we, you can be the, the best line cook in the world, but if you're, if you're an asshole, we don't want you in our family. Mm -hmm. um, so you go through that filter, and then we actually have the tribe um, interview you because mm -hmm. uh, we don't, don't believe in the manager um, selecting who the next family member is. It's, I think it's going to be a group, a group thing. And, and so um, if it's a server, for example, they'll, they'll sit down with a couple other servers, maybe some senior servers, um, and they're going to buy in on that uh, person because they're going to be um, the ones that are going to be working with them side by side. And so what's interesting is um, when they have a sense of buy-in, then they have a higher level of engagement in making mm -hmm. sure that that person is going to be um, a functioning part of the family. Um, on the other side of that, if someone did effectively smokescreen everyone and it become, they could become exposed very quickly in the tribal, even the line. Mm -hmm. The managers don't necessarily need to get in the way. Mm -hmm. And so someone will correct their behavior or they'll get smoked out and just it become very evident to them that they're not going to be happy in, in the family, so to speak. And so we've got an incredibly diverse group of people in our, in our restaurant group, but it's very much a family. Um, I know it's cliche to talk, you know, to say that. And, you know, culture and that sense of family comes down to, you know, the way people interact with each mm -hmm. other. Um, and that's not coming from a manual or policies or procedures. That's, you know, to me, it starts with, you know, as us as owners and, the, you yeah. know, the fish rots, the fish rots at the head first. And yeah. So if we're, if think, we're in there and, right, I think and, you're, um, I think you're yeah. kind of going to the next question I'm going to be asking. Yeah. And I, I mean, you're talking sure. about the sense of culture and family, and you know, fish rots from the head. And I think that kind of leads into the, the next question, question, which is, when you find these good people, what's your advice for keeping them on your team? Um, have have a uh, <laughs> genuinely embrace the concept that they're not going to work for you; you're going to work for them. Yeah, I love it. That, that uh, leader, uh, servant leader attitude. Again, it comes down to what you do and because because what you do speaks so loudly people can't hear what you're saying and so when you go in a restaurant so for me you know I, we've got over 150 employees now it's becoming more and more challenging for me to have the connection that i used to have so when i go in a restaurant i'm not seeking out guests i'm actually seeking out staff and trying to find ways to say hello um have a conversation help them you know if i gotta bust a table or pour water or whatever but Again, it's, it's expressing gratitude and, and letting them know that I care and I appreciate that they're what they're doing and and so when we can do that with our management team and with our staff, it ripples. It ripples in a very positive way into the guest experience. Man, uh, you're just killing it today, man. <laughs> you have such great advice, and uh, I'm really excited for this next question because I can tell just by listening to you the advice you're giving. You're a well-read person, and you have. I, I would like to see your library of books at home. So, what is one restaurant book or resource that you think is just a must read whether it's for personal growth business management or just restaurants in general what do you have for us um restaurant specific i would um i would definitely read uh setting the table by danny meyer mm -hmm. 
Um, I would read anything that Ari Weinsvig from um, Zingerman's has written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, awesome. He's, he's fantastic. From a, from an operational uh, tactical perspective, uh, restaurantowner.com mm-hmm. is a great website and great resource. It's one of the one of the tools that I've used to teach myself along the way. And um, you know, gosh, I got a litany of books, but those would be the restaurant specific resources. Yeah, and you know. Ryan, I have to say, like, you're probably one of the most centered pers- people I've had on, on the show just about personal growth and that inner clarity. So I, I know you've got some books up there about personal growth in your head you want to share. You mentioned Think and Grow Rich. What else do you have up there for those books that you think, you know, because it all starts with the individual. So uh, what can you share with us? Anything that was written by Seth Godin, mm. G-O-D-I-N. Um, if you're not following his blog every day, you're missing out on some of the best advice that you could get as it relates to life and business. Um, it's applicable, absolutely applicable. There's not a person who's had more influence on, on my company in my life than that guy. you got to pick um, one so golden book. Lynchpin. Okay. Then the, the book that's had the most profound effect in my life recently is a book called Essentialism. Okay. By I have not heard of Greg, Greg McCowan, um, M-C-K-E-O-W-N. The subtitle of that is The Disciplined Pursuit of Less But Better. I'm going to write that um, one. Then. I have I've not given a book uh, to more people than that one. Awesome. Um, and really successful people. So um, those are two great ones that, uh, you know, start there. All right. I won't dig any further. I'm sorry. Every once in a while, you just get <laughs> these people, and I know you have that knowledge up there, and it's my job to extract it all. So you're doing a great, amazing yeah. job for us today. All right, the next question I have for you is on the topic of marketing. I mean, how do you get those people in your seats? So we take a, again, and going back to Seth Godin, um, his expertise is marketing. Um, and the best way to put it is, so marketing, if you want to really define it, my, my version of it is, is effectively interrupting someone so that they will think about you. Mm-hmm. We, we take an opt-in approach. And so from the beginning, we have... Um, collected people's uh, information and, and in a way that's been very genuine uh, and permission-based. And so they've, we've said, can, do you mind if we communicate to you? And, or they said, can, would you mind communicating to us? And we've treated that very, very sacredly. What I've done with that is there's, we have our master list. We've certainly got Facebook and mm-hmm. we've got all that you know, other stuff. But how do we um, effectively communicate what we're doing or what's going on in a way that's not just just shameless propaganda mm-hmm. um, and being real and mm-hmm. being honest and being funny and just sharing with them um, stuff that we're excited about. So, if, you know, we got a new X product or, or whatever. Farmer Joe came in with this or whatever. Uh, we don't, we've not done traditional advertising at all which, you know, can be effective, but to me it's only effective if you've got a, a big brand and multiple, multiple units. So it's very much organic, word of mouth. And then the biggest thing is when you have someone in your um, restaurant and they're at a table, are you effectively making sure that your staff is in tune with all the different ways that that guest can maybe touch, you know, all these different touch points that, um, are relevant to what you're doing. So we call them authenticity points or they're knowledgeable about, you know, if someone says, oh, my gosh, your beer menu rocks, um, does that server immediately go, oh, man, you got to come to our beer tastings on Thursdays. They're mm. awesome. Or I love your wine list. It's like there's stuff I've never seen before. You need to come to our wine tastings on, 
Tuesdays, because that's how we actually select wines. And so our wine person is going to walk you through the process where we have a distributor submit wines uh, for the you know for le- for selection process. But just understanding um, naturally how to expose people to the different ways to touch your business. Mm, I love it. And your your servers are your best salespeople. So when someone's in your restaurant and they're having a great experience and they're drinking some wine and they're having delicious food, that is when you can strike while the iron's hot. And But not, you know, not in a used car salesman kind of way, but um, and not, not forcing servers to have this, you know, forcing them to, to talk about this or talk about that. It's just more, it's educating them and for them to understand that they are a guide. Mm-hmm. They, they guide people through the experience. Um, so that's been that's been big for us. Awesome. I love it. And uh, one of the, I think it was Jeffrey Summers was on the show and he said the best social platform out there is your dining room and just engage with people in a meaningful way when they're right there, that one-on-one marketing and make it real and genuine and authentic and just human. And uh, that's what I heard from you. And it's all incredible advice. So um, the, the next question I have for you, Ryan, uh, there's so much technology out there today. Like every day there's a new something coming into the industry that can supposedly help us be more effective, more productive, more profitable, uh, a system or a process that you can implement into your restaurant. Are there any technologies you're using to leverage, uh, you know, productivity and effectiveness and profitability, like in the front of the house or the back of the house, or maybe just you personally in your life, like an app on your phone that you want to share with us? You know, restaurant-wise, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything new that I'm using. I mean, we've got hot schedules and you know, we use Aloha for our POS system, so there's an insights program that, you know, there's a lot of data that you can really mine um, to help with your decision-making. Um, personally, I um, I use uh, a few things. One, um, I use a, a calendar. Um, I, I guard my time, um, not just appointments with people, but with appointments with myself and, mm-hmm. and be very specifically what I'm working on um, very seriously. Um the uh, second is you, I use Evernote, mm. um, and in conjunction with um, the, the methodology of, of getting things done by David Allen. Um, so there's a website called the, the Secret Weapon dot org okay. that um, is a, a tool for people to understand how to use Evernote in line with the methodology of getting things done. The, the person who started Evernote was a disciple, so to speak, or a student of of the this methodology and Evernote is the ultimate tool for keeping your life organized. And the third piece of technology that I use that is um, as, as progressive as I can get is a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> and I keep it in my back pocket and I make sure that I write everything down. Oh man. And furthermore, so then I, and then I process and then I take the time to look at that and process it reflect on it and then put it into Evernote um, in a way that I, um, when it's time, I can work on it. And I use Evernote as my clearing, you know, when I go in and clear out my inbox, you know, if I, if I can handle it in two minutes, I do. And if I can't, I delete it um, or I delegate it or I send it to Evernote and, and put it in a place that's going to, um, at the right time when I'm ready to work on it, I'll be there. Oh man, so powerful! All those tools are great. And uh, what calendar do you use? Is there a specific calendar? Is it just your iOS calendar, or is there one? In particular? Uh, yeah, it's just Google, uh, Google. Oh, Google Calendar. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I just use Google. Yeah, so it's um yeah, I just block um block everything out you know beforehand, and then I let 
let the other stuff kind of fill in. Man, awesome. All great, incredible tools. And it sounds like with these tools, man, you just live on purpose. That's what I'm hearing. These, all yeah. these tools just help you live on purpose and you stay organized. You have it all written out. It's great stuff. So, I mean, the next question yeah, I have. One other, Eric, one, one other thing real quick. The, um, if you got some uh, other restaurant owners, I started using a virtual assistant last year. Oh, um, man, so powerful. For, Okay, 10 hours a week, and that's been huge. I just huge. remembered how I discovered you now. I was, it's Ryan and I have been talking back and forth for a few months now, and I kind of lost track of how I discovered Ryan. It, it was uh, through my interview with uh, EA Help, and I believe mm-hmm. it was um, – I'm drawing a blank on the gentleman's name, the founder. It's Brian, the founder, Brian Miles. Yes, Brian Miles. That's how I discovered you and uh, the power of virtual assistants and d- that delegation. And, uh, I mean, you – the, the the way I don't want to take the glory here, but virtual assistants, what what they do is they buy you time, so you can do all the things that you've been telling us to do, and how to to create these processes and systems, and to develop those relationships and have those impactful networks. I mean, if you if you can delegate the the ordain the busy tasks by you know giving them to a virtual assistant, uh, you all this time that you have to grow those relationships is so valuable in this industry. And I don't want to, I'll pass it back to you now, if you want to say a little something extra on that, but. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if you understand the concept of how, as as an owner or a leader, how important it is to work on your business Mm. um, versus in it, um, then you can quickly come to grips with how valuable having someone that can be trained, um, to um, assist with your inbox, make appointments, travel, all that other stuff that um, that is important, um, but maybe it's not the most valuable use of your time. I have a feeling you read the E Myth too. <laughs> uh, I read that book before we opened, and I actually handed that book to someone the other day that's starting their own business. Oh um, man! Oh so, yeah! Wow. Great stuff, man! Really awesome stuff. The next question I have for you is. If you could go back in time, Ryan, to the the version of yourself, maybe when you're, I don't know, when you're 18 years old or when you had that, you know, uh, that altering moment in your life when your friend passed away and you decided to live on purpose with new to, you know, to you had that new perspective in life. Like what one piece of advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time? Learn how to focus better, focus on the right things at the right time. I love it. Great stuff. Oh, man. Uh, and if there was one question, Ryan, I could have asked you to add more value to this interview. What would it have been? What's my favorite color? <laughs> What's your favorite color, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> um, purple is my favorite color. Um, you know, other than maybe asking, you know, why? Why? Why am I doing what makes What makes me tick? Um, you know what question is coming next. You know what? what, what you know what keeps... What keeps you up at night, or what gets you, you know, what gets you out of the bed in the morning and keeps you going? I mean, that's a, so. Right? You know, why? What makes you tick? What keeps you going? I can't answer that question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple things. There's one, the opportunity to create, and the underlying feeling that I get from from the feeling of progression, and then the meaning that comes from the feeling of contributing. Mm. And so um, I feel strongly for myself um, and my own experience and then for, for others who I've seen struggle. They're, they go to a bad place when they don't feel like they're, they're moving in the right direction. They're not mm-hmm. progressing towards what they think life should be. As long as someone feels like there's, they're making slight progression in the right direction, 
towards whatever this proverbial mountain peak is, and they're not spinning their wheels, then there's an underlying sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And fulfillment is powerful. When you have fulfillment, you're willing to sustain um, the ups and the downs. You're willing to employ a high level of discipline, a high level of sacrifice, and a high level of patience. And contribution is people want to feel like they matter. They want to feel like what they do matters, bringing value. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you can focus on, you know, for me, if I can wake up in the morning feeling like the day ahead is going to be chock full of progression and contribution and I can go to bed at night feeling like I did progress, I did learn, I did grow, and I did give back. I didn't just take all day. I gave more than I took. That, that keeps me going. And um, that keeps, keeps uh, I don't know, to me, that's, what, that's the key. That's, I call it head in bed. That's success to me. And it has nothing to do with money and title and houses and cars and all this other bullshit. It has everything to do with that little internal conversation that you're having, you know, the pillow talk. Mm, man, yeah. wow. Such powerful stuff, Ryan. You've been such an incredible guest. I've asked all of my questions. Um, I think we are all better people after listening to you. So we're going to wrap That's it up. Right. And you're going to do that just by calling somebody out. Who's one indie restaurant professional you admire and think would just make a great guest mentor on the show? Oh, gosh. Um, Mike Gallagher. All right. Mike Gallagher, look up, man. I'm coming after you. And who is Mike Gallagher? Mike Gallagher is one of the uh, uh, principals of a few restaurants in town. Um, One is the Brick Store Pub which is rated year after year as one of the top beer bars in the world. He has another two other restaurants, Leon's, Full Service. All right. Kimball House. Great. Mike. And uh, Mike's, Mike's one of the – he's one of the founding board members with us on the, on the Giving Kitchen. Awesome. Well, I think you'd make a great guest. Anybody you recommend, I'm sure, is going to be awesome. And uh, I'm just going to give you one last chance to, to kind of give yourself a pitch uh, to let the folks at home know how they can connect with you, if maybe they want to come work for you, or maybe they have a question uh, that they want to continue the conversation. My email address is ryan at unsuckay.com, U-N-S-U-K-A-Y.com. If you go to unsuckay.com, you can learn more about our um, our company, our restaurants, um, the um myself and my partners who we refer to ourselves as the three bozos um and um and so yeah if um if you want to go check that out great and if you want to come dine with us awesome if you're interested in working with us um we'd love to talk to you about it and um and there's hopefully more um you know opportunities existing now and uh, we hope that we can continue to grow and um, help provide a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. So you never know. Yeah, and if you guys are at home listening to this or anything like me right now, just floating with inspiration and motivation, and you want to just like keep this conversation going, you you have to mention the book you have coming out because uh, you sent me that link uh, on what your book's all about, and I mean, I, I can't wait for this thing to come on. I, I, as soon as it does, guess what, man? You're coming back on the show because I want to learn more about what's up in that head. So give us a little taste of what you got coming with that book. So, um... I'm getting close to being finished and publishing a book that I've titled Don't Suck at Life. And um, the, if you go to the website, don'tsuckatlife.com, there's a place there that you can sign up if you're interested in, in when the book comes out. Um, if you go to the homepage, there's a, a very brief description of what the book is about. Um, you know, the, the last line on there and really how I sum it up to people is, is the book that I wish I was handed when I was 18. Mm. Um, 
and um, very much um, for really anyone. Um, but it's it's um, it's the next gen of a book that I wrote um, for our our company that was titled The Unsuckay Way, and um, and it was my attempt at defining our our culture and defining what it mean what it meant what it means to be a good human and a good leader and a good business, and um, and so we were uh, we give it to um, new uh, or prospective staff members and um, ask them to kind of breeze through it a little bit and if it resonates great. And if it doesn't, great. Um, but for people to understand, you know, some of the stuff that we're talking about here um, doesn't resonate with you. It, it, no judgment um, doesn't make you a bad person, but you may not fit in mm-hmm. our in our culture. And um, so this, um, the Don't Suck at Life is basically the next gen, and it's a, a little bit more, um, I guess, universal, but it'll still be used uh, in the same way. And, and honestly, if, it, if no one but my two kids read it when they're 18, I'm good. Man, I uh, well, I I will be reading it. So if it's your kids and me, uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of other people. But you you will if you, if you accept the invitation, we'll be back on the show to to dive into the, the topics of this book because uh, I'm excited for it. Sure. And thank you so much for taking the time and, and energy to be a guest on the show. There is no questioning, Ryan. You are unstoppable. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Stick a fork in it. We are done. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on the show today. And uh, if you guys at home, like always, can think of somebody who would make a great guest mentor for a future episode, please do not hesitate to reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. I'm always looking for new mentors to learn from. And uh, also, don't be afraid to go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash books. I really do believe in the power of of reading and pushing yourself and just gathering this information. So I've taken the time to go through all the past episodes and to put every single book that has been referred by past guests on one page so you can start investing in yourself. So again, that's www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash books. And you can find them all right there. And if you guys want to look at the notes to uh, today's show, just go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash Ryan Turner. All the links to everything we discussed in today's episode, and it was a lot, can be found right there in the show notes. Guys, thank you all so much for sticking through this long episode. But I think we can all agree that it was totally worth it. Until next time, peace out.
and uh, we'll cut it there. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, yeah, man. Uh, sorry that I went long, but I just didn't want to stop you. <laughs> no worries. You sorry. Going. No, I don't. I have all day. But I, I'm. Just, I hope I didn't tap into anything you got going on. Either. You have to. No, nah, we're good. We're so. good. I'm. Uh, yeah, I got. I blocked an hour, and um, and um, no, I appreciate it. I enjoy. I enjoy. Uh, you know, talking about. You know, doing the best I can to lay some breadcrumbs out. You never know. Yeah. Some, you know what? So well, you, I appreciate it very much. You're great, and I have to admit, I was a little nervous getting started in this interview because I did some research on you, and I knew that you were going to just bring it, and uh, I was super excited. And uh, to kind of answer your question again, you asked me, like, why I'm doing this, and uh, when I gra- when I decided aviation wasn't for me, um, yeah. I was in a kind of a bad place just because I knew I loved in the hospitality industry, and I became a pilot so I could make money to open a restaurant. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm dyslexic, colorblind, and I have horrible ADD. So being a pilot, was, wow. was, uh, you know, I, I made it, <laughs> but uh, I it was tough. And I could, I knew after I grew up that you know this isn't my this isn't right for me. And um, I worked my ass off to get there, but I was in such an unhappy place that I just resigned. And um, I decided to focus on hospitality. And I didn't know how I was gonna you know get my dream to you know come into reality. So I just started reading a lot of the books you mentioned, like. Uh, think and grow rich and uh i just found a way uh, i was always just thinking of you don't say no there's always a way in this podcast i mean i can't open a restaurant but i can start a podcast where i learn from people and talk about what i love and i mean i like my my why is because i love helping people and i love making people happy and uh, i yep. think i can do that with this podcast and that's why i love food and serving people is because there's no better way to bring people together and to make them happy with food and i think this podcast is my substitute for food because i can bring people Absolutely. together so th- that's the better answer I, i'm a little uh, more relaxed and i didn't really know how to spit that out before but i just no that's that's all good man you, that, and you and i can sense it from you it's right on and you know i tell people all the time that you know the restaurant um the restaurants are nothing but a trojan horse for me yeah um you know my my purpose, my what, what I really, what I'm here to do is grow people, and you know we've got farmers that grow food, and um, and and my what I love to to do is to help someone um, figure it out, but they got to figure it out for themselves, mm-hmm. and um, and provide that opportunity once they do to to grow and, and to, to kind of realize their full potential, and um, and so the restaurant's been a wonderful vehicle for me to. Um, do that. There's, you know, for your own, it's your own um, access. If you, if you go to our website, um, the Young's Okay website, there's uh, on the far right there's a there's a uh, the tab um, navigation tab is give or giving or something like that. Okay. Um, if you go under there, you'll see something called the table. Okay. Um, so it's Young's Okay. Sorry, I had a Young's Okay. Yeah, sorry, huntsokcommunity.com. Um, and the giving on the far right. Yeah, and then uh, scroll down to the table. Yeah. So dive into that, and then that front page will tell you a little bit about what that's about. And then you go to um, the the meeting self section. Yeah. See that? Uh, meeting self section. Meeting self. Is it all the way at the bottom? I see there's like a... No, no, no. So um, if you are at the table, there's a description there. So there's a gray bar in, in between the logo and the content. Oh, sorry. I went way down. It says the table. Yeah. And then if you if you look Lost at leading three. self, so um, there's a bunch of different topics there that um, I 
kind of lay out my perspective and then um, and then give you some some resources to dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I have not been doing this in about a year and a half, and I'm going to be now that we have this uh, woman who's our president, it's going to free me up to really dive back into leadership development. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was hosting um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and this would be a voluntary, non-paid thing, but it would be managers and, and staff um, basically would send out a topic, send out perspectives, send out a, uh, a few things for them to read or watch. Um, and then we'd come around a table um, and um, in the morning and have a, and I'd facilitate a discussion around it. And um, and so this is a resource, you know, have at it to, you know, make, make hey, yourself at home and look and, um, and check it all out. And so anything um, I can do, if you're trying to draw people to this resource and you have new content coming out, keep me in the loop and um, literally anything I can do to use my platform. I, I, I want to, I'm trying to make example of people like you. And when I find people like you uh, and you're doing great things, like I want to do everything I can to help you kind of be that example. So don't be afraid to reach it. out to me. Yeah. And I, I would love to share this with other people. Um, and, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. And I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but. Um, no, it's fine. I appreciate it, man. I'm uh you know, right now I'm, I'm really focused on getting this book done because to me that's kind of like, um, uh, it's my textbook. I mean, it's the best way to put it. And, um, so I need this, once I get that done, um, then I'm going to, I'm going to kind of re-engineer what, what the table is and, and, um, and then figure out how to, you know, maybe take this to the next level and, um, not just for our company, but if it, if it can be, of use for others, then mm-hmm. we'll figure out a way to do that. I mean, I may or may not monetize it. I don't know, but um, we'll see. But awesome. um, anyway, I just wanted you to, you, you seem to be a student of self-development and, um, and um, I've been studying it pretty hard for the last 20 years. So if you can benefit from this, great. Thank you so much. I won't take any more of your time, but you will hear from me again, um, whether it's to go over your book or another thing I want to do as I evolve the podcast is take people's advice and get out there and stage, whether it's just observing from a distance and meeting people and uh, watching what successful people do. And I would love to come uh, spend some time in Atlanta and just kind of learn from you. You're in your team. So that's down the road. Right on man. All right. Thanks cool, a lot man. for everything. All right. Eric, take care. Thank you. Yeah, I'll let you go. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.